0: This podcast is supported by Red Energy. Powered by the mighty Snowy Hydro, a leader in renewable energy, Red is 100% Australian-owned and local. Phone 131 806.
1: Welcome to Homestyle with Shana Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.
0: And welcome. Thanks for joining us on the podcast Homestyle with Shayna Blaze. My name's Jane Neild and I have the pleasure every week of jumping into the podcast studio and talking to one of Australia's most well-loved interior designers. Of course, you know her from the block. She is the designer on Selling Houses Australia. Shayna Blaze, welcome. Oh, welcome. <laughs> I love it too, Jane. I'm having so much fun with this. Now, I must say, I did almost shed a little tear on Selling Houses a few weeks ago. was the final episode with Char. In it, so different things happening and, and changes across
1: yeah. your working landscape. And and the thing is, like we've been together thirteen years, so it's like one of your family members leaving. And because we didn't know he was leaving till after we finished filming, and we don't know when we start filming the new series, it's not going to feel weird until we start because we always have this gap of three or four months where we're just like. I really don't want to see you for a very long time. I just need to get back to my own life. And so when we go back as a team, it's it's going to be weird. And, you know, there will be somebody who will be taking over that position and fingers crossed um, they have all those elements that Charlie had, but they'll be their own person. So I think it's just trying to work out a new synergy will, will make it quite weird and real. Any goss? Do you, do you know the short list? Do you zero, get zero? Absolute zero. Because we've been out of... Um, the loop and we haven't been able to travel, we haven't been able to audition anybody. And I know the producers have got a small, a long short list, actually, because we don't know when we start. So we can't audition anybody because we wouldn't be able to say, well, you start in three weeks or you start in six months and we're telling them again to put their life on hold. So... No idea. It has been a
0: very tumultuous time in the entertainment industry. And, of course, you've been back on the block for a few weeks post-shutdown yep. for COVID. Yes. And yes. you said uh, in a previous episode that there was so much home in these houses that they're renovating at the moment. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen that trend continue over
1: the last couple of weeks? Actually, we've seen an extreme amount of personality where you go, oh, be careful you don't polarise the market. (laughs) But I'm just so excited seeing personality in homes. And, you know, we've been talking about for many years of like, you know, there are certain trends and don't make the whole space about a trend, put trend elements in it. And these people have really stepped away from that. And I'm really excited for everyone to see what they've done because there's so much clever design, clever ideas, new colours, different ways of putting things together that I think I think it's going to blow a lot of people away. Yeah, I wonder how much, you know, that whole uprooting of our lives has
0: actually kickstarted a whole new lot of creative juices, like getting them flowing. I mean, really, it's been a time like we can never remember in the world, but doesn't great creativity come out of some of the harshest
1: yeah. Times in history. But also I think it's the biggest time everybody's been forced to be in their own home with their own family, no breaks, and realizing what works and what doesn't work. And you know, I can't remember another time where that had happened worldwide. So I've got to say I am inundated with questions, inundated with client applications, and I I After a couple of weeks, I just went, nope, stop, can't, mm, mm, overwhelmed, can't.
0: (laughs) Well, actually, a couple of weeks ago, the government announced a $25,000 stimulus package. So for people who wanted to build a new home, there was money up for grabs. And also for people who wanted to renovate. Now, I instantly went, I could get a new bathroom. Then found out the fine print was that the renovation had to be worth over $150,000, possibly outside of my budget. Yes. Is that a huge win for the industry,
1: though? Are people like you just being run off their feet with people trying to get quotes? Well, no, because I don't... don't work with quotes with the builders. So the builders, sure. that's their part. I get to the design stage first. But I think, you know, with that amount of money, you know, that's some serious, you know, as a minimum 150000 that's some serious renovating. And when it first came out, I know I was thinking, wow, that's, you know, that cuts a lot of people out that can't do home improvements. But what it what it does do and that if you're working at $150,000, there's a lot of money that's in product, a lot of... Um, money that's in building materials, and the the tradie amount is maybe a third, maybe 20% uh, of what okay. that is. Yeah. So what they're doing, they're just not stimulating tradies. They're stimulating tradies. They're stimulating building supplies. They're stimulating um, renovation and building products. So they're sort of looking after quite a few areas. But, but I do have to say, a lot of people that come to me go, I don't know whether to move and sell or whether to renovate. So a lot of this is about keeping people in their own home too, when the, the market is very vulnerable about buying and selling at the moment. So I think the stimulus will help people make the decision of, do I stay or do I go?
0: Yeah, everything is changing week by week Mm. at the moment. Now, I did do some Googling, Shana,
1: and we're going to talk
0: about sustainable design today. So the definition, sustainability, is the avoidance of the depletion of natural resources in order to maintain an ecological balance. All right, that's textbook. Yeah. What is your definition of sustainability when
1: it comes to design? there are so many sectors like what we were just talking about about the stimulus for the building there is sustainability of materials in the what you were just saying in the fact that it is using natural elements natural fibers and working within that and not using man-made fabrics but also when you're using that item it might be man-made fabrics as well but it doesn't get turned away in a year, two years. And it has a long term element to it. Then you've got sustainability about the air quality that you produce when you're living there, and that comes down to low VOCs or no VOCs. VOCs, for VOCs. Us I actually can't off the tip of my tongue VOCs, <laughs> volatile but volatile organic compounds. I oh, love you, <laughs> but what it is? It's, it's it's toxic gases that get released from paint. Paint was probably one of the first ones we realised a very long time ago, and um, in glues. There's a lot of VOCs in glues and people are worried about VOCs in paint. I've got to say 95% of paint has very low VOCs. Okay. And, you know, anything that's oil-based paint has high VOC. Mm, Okay.
0: So the chemicals coming off of it. Absolutely.
1: And it's it's also on top of the the oil-based old is it had lead in it as well. So it's those toxic elements that come in when you're renovating. And also with sustainability, it's got to do about heating and cooling and it's got about energy. So all those elements come into it. And your waste, your waste has a lot to do with sustainability of what you can actually use, what you don't use and how you can reuse it in another way. Because upcycling is completely different, but sustainability means if you take something out and you give it to someone else they can upcycle, it just reduces waste into landfill.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see houses being demolished all over the eastern suburbs in Melbourne where I live. And I am not scared to walk up to a guy in a tip truck and say, excuse me, that wrought iron balustrade that you're about to crush with your digger, mm. could I please have it for my garden? Like, yeah. do you think there is an appreciation that there is quite a lot of materials out there that are beautiful? They've already, you know, their carbon footprint already exists. They might be
1: recycled and reusable, That we need to make use of some of that? Yeah. And like a lot of people will say, like when we're doing selling houses, oh, I see you throw that in the skip. And it's it's one of those ones where, you know, there's a lot of people on site and a lot of them are locals. Like we use a lot of local trades and so everything that comes out, we throw in the skip for dramatics but anyone from the show can bin dive, anyone oh, can go in and all the neighbours can as well. Just, you know, I'll take that with me and I'll take that. So a lot of stuff goes in but then comes out. <laughs> but then a lot of stuff that we throw out might be rotted, might be um, toxic, it might be something that's actually not good and you have to move it on. So a lot of the choices we make... Uh, you know, we can do better. It's the packaging that annoys me. It's the packaging that goes into landfills. So, you know, I'm very loud about talking about manufacturers that, you know, when you get items of lamps and when you get items of furniture, it's like how, what it comes in, you Mm -hmm. know, can that be recycled? Can that actually compost? And that's part of sustainability of looking after our planet so we can grow raw materials.
0: Yeah. I reckon every building site you go past has like a huge sort of Skip or just a crate. And there is just so much rubbish mm. that comes from a new build. And like you say, a lot of that is packaging. So yeah. definitely worth focusing on. Yeah.
1: And, and I've got to say, like, there's a lot of companies I, you know, purchase from that are really onto it and then I ask, when I get something and I go, oh you've got a lot of foam and they said yep, we're just using that at the moment, we're working with this factory so that we can get this happening and this happening. So companies are really onto it, they're very aware and it just takes a time for that cycle to go. Or even if you go into a shop and you ask how it's going to be packaged and in plastic and just say can it be done better and you just put it out there and, and then they will ask the questions to their manufacturers. So we all can take those small steps to making a difference in the environment but also sustainability of how things are packaged that we bring into our home to renovate. Back in the day, I'm sort of
0: thinking maybe 70s, sort of 80s, if you said you were living in a sustainable house off the grid perhaps, My image would be that you were probably making some sort of a mud brick construction, maybe even straw bales, possibly some sort of an earth ship with a whacking great lot of ugly solar panels (laughs) and everything would be brown. I mean, when you look at a sustainable home today, sometimes you would have no idea unless you had spoken to the owners or the builder that this was actually right
1: up there in Mm. terms of efficiency and sustainability. Yeah, I think that's the the most amazing thing is the advancement of... Knowing about passive heating and cooling, about your energy, but also knowing that all the technology we have in the world, you know, we say how bad it is, but it's also very good because it actually is working with natural materials to put into a, a, you know, a modern environment, but also creating new ones. Like what you were talking about, like mud brick houses, is that though... The modern version of that is a rammed earth wall and they do that down most of the time, try and do it near the spine of a home. So do it either, you know, on an exterior wall or do it through the centre of the home so that the the sun comes into it and it contains it and it will actually naturally heat the home over eight to ten hours over that cycle. So... Those sorts of things, you might just think it's a beautiful feature wall, but it's actually doing something that is working on the sustainability of the home.
0: And you can render it, and you don't need to see the mud bricks or the straw, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh no, no, you got to leave the rammed earth as it is. No, it's got to be the natural beauty because it doesn't. You, it doesn't do the right elements. Then you you would ruin it, Jane. You got to be careful. What would be the most hippie place you've ever lived in? Like, did you do the share house thing
0: when you were younger? Like, did you live in places where it was like, oh well, so and so only
1: eats this and recycles everything and put that in the compost and... <laughs> oh, look, I, no, I must I must admit, so I grew up near Warrandyte. So hippies were always a re- in my life, I have to say, <laughs> in primary school, high school, but after, definitely in college when I was doing interior design. There was a lot of people that were all about sustainable living way back then in the dinosaurs, yeah. thinking about it then. <laughs> I, ta- I always take that from Oprah, you know, with the dinosaurs and back a 100 years ago. Um, so... It is that conscious living that you were... Labeled a hippie, oh, all that hippie, you know, whatever, and mm. and composting was having that dirty bowl sitting on the bench top, yeah. fruit flies hanging around, smelling, <laughs> and it it wasn't conducive to modern living. So anyone that sort of wanted to do like that composting and worm farms was so far removed from wanting to create a modern minimalist look that it became something that people really pushed aside. And now that we, you know, it's something simple as composting like the way that we design our kitchens. you know, We can have our bins divided into a recycling, but also a composting. And then you just empty it every day and then take it outside. So you don't need this horrible bowl just sitting on mm. your bench. So there's just little simple things to make sustainability work for you. So have you got
0: clients asking for that sort of thing? Or would you go in and suggest, look, I know you haven't factored this into your kitchen design yet, but have you thought about where all your recycling is
1: going to go have
0: you thought always, about that
1: always talk like it's it's a checklist of how you want to live and a checklist of um what you don't know and that's why a lot of clients come to an architect a designer because we want to put forward things that they wouldn't have thought of. But once you mention it, they go, oh, yeah, I'd actually really like to do that. That would be fun. And I think people are more aware of their waste and how they're living through COVID because people have been baking more. People have been working together as a family. So it's amazing the amount of people that have been growing new veggies into their home and see how they grow and work that out as a family, whether they can keep that going in the future. But it makes you think what you're going to cook. It makes you think how you're going to use your kitchen more. So how you want to work in that organic, sustainable world will affect how you design something like your kitchen. Now let's talk appliances
0: because we spoke about lighting last week where there has been huge leaps and bounds in the technology that we can use. So LED, you know, uses a lot less electricity and has way more functionality than lights we were used to. Tell me about appliances. I'm assuming that they have come in leaps and bounds or has the desire for a bigger oven kind of outweighed the fact that you could get something smaller and a bit
1: more efficient? Look, it all depends how you cook and what you do. Like, you know, there are a lot of kitchens now that, you know, people that oh, I've got. I have to have four ovens and I have to have a coffee machine and I what have to... What is with that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, see, I don't, I'm not a cook, so I'm the worst person to ask because I question every client. Do you, will you really use that? Like, do you? Um, so I think, you know, people overdo the appliances these days just because they can. And it is one of those things that because your appliances are basically on all the time, they can't be switched off. It's when they're in that that sort of slow time of, you know, standby that they use just as much energy when you're turning the kettle on and off. So that's yeah. things to be really aware of that, you know, don't have those appliances always switched on. So that that's a big thing. But it's certain – if you look at certain types of ovens, they have different wattages. And, you know, we've got steam ovens. Microwaves definitely, you know, right up there. They're the ones that short most of them. You have combination ovens of microwave and combo. Then you have um, all these different sort of warming drawers, different sort of, um, you know, packaging drawers. There's so many different things. So you really need to look at – What is the energy level of all those elements and then put it together and that's when you go to your, your electrician and say, well, can my house handle it? But what's this going to do to my electricity bill? So I think that's a really important thing of looking at your usage of what you do. It's not always the size of the oven. It's the wattage and it's how you use it. So perhaps it would be better to have two smaller ovens
0: that when you're not cooking for the 16 family members and your dinner party group, which yeah. I think sometimes we think we do more entertaining than we actually do. I know.
1: That, okay, <laughs> okay. I can use one oven during the week and then I can use two, three on exactly, the weekend. Exactly. <laughs> when I need to. Yeah. And, and you know, sort of like a, a lot of sort of ovens you can switch off at the wall too. So it might be something to discuss with your electrician. Look, I probably only use this oven four or five times a year let's just be honest, guys, that's probably the truth. And will it make a difference if I can just switch it off in those times?
0: Do you think as Australians that we do... I, I don't know whether this is an international thing, but you know, I was looking for a house to rent once and I'm like, oh, but I want to have these wonderful big dinner parties and I want a space in my lounge room for a huge, you know, a 10-person seating. And... I reckon I used it once in two years. The image of myself as an entertainer far outweighed the busyness of my life and the number of friends I had yeah. living in that particular town. Do you think being sustainable is also to realise? And you mentioned minimalism, that perhaps we don't need as much as big, as as grand. That perhaps yeah. we can
1: be happier in a smaller place with a smaller carbon footprint. Well, I th- I think you, and again, you know, it's almost annoying going back to COVID again and, and, you know, isolation, because very luckily we didn't have full lockdown here in Australia. very, very lucky we had isolation, Mm -hmm. is that most people would realise they all huddled in the same lounge room. And a lot of kids used to just sit in their own bedrooms separately, but through COVID, everyone would come together and, you know, people were playing cards and jigsaw puzzles and all the daggy things came back out again. And so, Everyone was huddling in one main area rather than being spread completely through the house and not communicating. So, I think being aware of how you live as a family and you don't need as much space is so important. And I think, you know, we do need those separate areas of living so we can escape. Just be aware of, like, you know, the major heating and cooling is in that major area and all the others should be able to separately switch off so you're not heating up the whole house because no one's using it.
0: Yeah. So there's ways of planning that can be sustainable
1: and just very much thinking about it. Not, it is. And it's yeah. planning. It is, comes down to planning. And it's like working out your electrical plan, which we talked about last week, is that work out your heating, your cooling, how you live, how you're going to live in that home. And I think now that people have that experience of, of, of realising that, they can sit down and do their homework now before they renovate and work that out. You're listening to Style with Shana Blaze. It is all
0: thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne. That's Red Energy. You can call their Melbourne-based team on 131806 and say that you heard about Red Energy on this podcast. Now, Shana, you mentioned before about products and things that can last longer. So, you know, if you're going to do a kitchen, is it worth doing it right? Or do you just say, oh, we'll just whack in the cheap one and we'll knock it out in a couple of years. Are you in favour of spending maybe more upfront on more sustainable appliances, on furniture that is going to last the test of time, so that we avoid some of that throwaway kind of consumption?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. We've had that throwaway mentality since the seventies of you know of production coming in with you know laminates and um, things that can just be done really quickly and knock up, and um, you know people can walk into a showroom and spend you know six hundred dollars and furnish the whole room, and they don't last. And you know, that's that uni mentality. Well, unfortunately that's people in their first home going wanting their whole home completely fitted out with brand new stuff and that's, oh, it only cost me four grand to furnish the whole house and then, you know, after two years your leg falls off and the screws come loose and then you can't fix it up, you can't repair, you've got to buy brand new. So it's the the good thing about sustainability is about slow. You know, you think about slow cooking. You think about having, you know, the 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 slow cooker, which is the glorified crock pot, just putting out there, was from the seventies. So a slow cooker is really how you should look at um, the sustainability of furnishing your home. There is nothing wrong with secondhand. To fill the areas that you're not sure of, maybe splurge on the really good couch to start with, and maybe get the chairs later, or get some basic chairs that you know you've got from an op shop, and just put a cover over them. And I've got to say. There is a joy that comes with that and I think people have gone back to those old-fashioned skills or those basic skills of learning that mm, people can actually do more than what they thought they could do because they were too busy or they were never taught those skills so they thought they could never do it. So I think, you know, in your home with your kitchen and, you know, I had a client contact me the other day that wanted me to come out and work out whether they're going to renovate to live or renovate to sale.
0: So, uh, I actually get very
1: different things, yeah. Totally yeah. different things. And what happens if you're renovating for sale, that's when you tend to do a lot of those quick fixes. Yeah. So, you've got to be careful when you're renovating for sale, work with as much as what you've got. And even though, like, you know, I pull out a lot of kitchens in selling houses, I always put in good ones. That, and the ones that we do that are DIY or flat pack, they're good quality ones that are going to last a test of time. So, just because we put in a, a flat pack kitchen, I want it to last minimum 10, 15 years and I think that's what people really need to think about when you're doing those quick changes. Maybe just do half the kitchen in good quality. Get the island bench done but leave the main wall till you can afford that other part or get the main wall done and do the island bench later. So think how you can stagger it in stages is the way to get good quality and something that will last and, again, keep it out of landfill. I'm always surprised when
0: you do things like re-spraying a bathroom Mm. that you just think, wow, okay, gone are the 70s tiles and the dodgy sort of, you know, you might put a new shower screen in. Yeah. But yeah. you've resprayed things like tiles. I mean, that's got to be a fairly sustainable
1: uh, option, doesn't it? That you're not ripping anything out. You're just going yeah. over the top. Because the thing is like, you know, some people have said, oh, I had a quote for spraying. It's really expensive and may as well do the whole bathroom. But then you've got to take the tiles off. You've got to get it waterproofed. Maybe look at the substrate underneath, get the plumbers back in and get the electricians back in. So there's five trades already you've got to look at if you're ripping out your bathroom. And spraying the tiles might seem, oh, it's not as cheap as what I thought it is, but it actually does long term and then you can spend quality on those bits and pieces that work. And and a lot of the time if the floor plan works, spray the tiles and just update your taps and shower screen. Now when it comes to upcycling, I have to ask you, I managed
0: to pick up a set of Parker chairs the other oh, day. Oh, you lucky girl! Second second set I've found. Um, yeah. So I saw them on a Pile of hard rubbish, went and knocked on the door, asked the guy and he said, oh, I would love it if you took these. So they're covered in red velvet. But yes. But the base, they're all shot. So the strapping under the actual upholstery. The upholstery is perfect. mid condition. Wow. But the strapping's gone. My partner rolled his eyes and said, they're just going to end up in the rubbish again. And I'm like, hang on, this is beautiful Australian-made furniture from, is it 50s, 60s, it's, Parker. Parker's sort of like 60s, 70s. Yeah, yeah. it's just gorgeous and yeah. beautifully made. Am I ridiculous in thinking that I should get them reupholstered or is it going to cost me more to reupholster an
1: old chair than it is to buy a new one? I'm so torn. But Okay, I love them. so because it's a Parker and it's a good brand, you will fix it up and it will last you another 50, 60 years. If it was just a a non-brand of a basic one from the 70s, 80s and it didn't have the good structural integrity of the framing, I would say, look, it's going to cost you more. It may not be worth it. But because it's a Parker or a Chiswell or, you know, a Moran or something like that, it's really important to know that their framing, you know, they might give a guarantee of 15 years but they last way beyond that. And the webbing underneath, um, you know, the, the webbing that you can get now is is so incredible it will last for another 20 30 years minimum so I would spend the money and if you didn't want to spend the money on getting that that done do a course and get Get it done yourself? That was going to be my plan during COVID nineteen. Yeah, and I just ended up making podcasts the whole time. <laughs> at one point, well, there, there you was go. A plan. You know what? You've just solved something a lot of people ask about. Stay in your lane, do what you're good at, and then pay someone else to do what they're good at.
0: <laughs> and I love the idea as well as you mentioned that the, the VOCs, the volatile organic compounds. I have seen people move towards secondhand furniture purely because if you're going to buy a couch. And it does have those, you know, the gases that come off of it. If you buy secondhand, someone else has already inhaled all of that. (laughs) You actually don't get all the the release from brand new materials because it's when they're brand new out of the factory that they emit all these horrible gases. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But I never thought of that. That's very clever. (laughs) It was actually on Grand Designs and it was a couple in the UK who had children with sensitivities. So they built an incredibly sustainable house and – Made sure that every single item they put into it was not going to, you know, make things worse for their children, and then within sort of six months to a year of moving in there, all the kids' allergies had gone. Wow! Because they'd changed their environment; they'd moved from a moldy, old, damp place, built a sustainable house, and it really changed their lives.
1: And I think I think that's the the thing also is the quality of the materials in your home um, actually enhances your life because it you know it affects your hair, your skin. Your taste, your sense of smell, we don't realise how much we get affected by all those ma- chemicals and materials in a home that we live with every day. Sustainability is a very multifaceted issue. It is. And I think a lot of people just put it basically into lighting or composting. And it's so much more than that. So much to consider, but
0: so great to hear that so many people are considering sustainability when it comes to possibly building a new home or renovating one. Shana, if people
1: want to ask you a question for an upcoming episode, how can they get in touch? Well, if they want to go to my Instagram account, at Shana Blaze, that's with the double N, Shana Blaze, ask a question. And I will have a couple of tiles that will be about the Red Energy podcast. So if you can pop them on there, then I can actually find them all together. It would be great. <laughs> I have noticed your Instagram following clicking up there, you know, 148,000 <laughs> Yep, Yeah, we're rocking it up there. But the great thing is I've got to say that um, I've got really active followers. So people tend to talk amongst themselves too um, on some of those posts. So I, I really like that. It's fun. You are listening to Homestyle with Shayna Blaze. Shayna, it has been a pleasure and
0: we are going to be catching up again this time next week to talk colour. Oh, <laughs> something that people lose their mind over. I know. I know you've got a lot of inquiries about that on Instagram. This has been Homestyle. I'm Jane Neild and I've been joined by Shayna Blaze. It's all thanks to Red Energy. Born and bred in Melbourne, that's Red Energy.
1: Thanks for listening to Homestyle with Shayna Blaze. Thanks to Red Energy, born and bred in Melbourne with a customer solutions team based here. Switch to Red Energy today.